Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks the carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, hey, welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show. It's Monday morning. If you notice, we have ditched the Monday night time for the Monday morning time. Kind of talk over. First thing earlier after the race from uh, the weekend, we got Monday to kick it all off. But guys started off with the the clash at the Coliseum. Uh, you know, if you read social media, some like it, some don't. Hey, combine everybody's hoping for uh, short track racing. Well, look, you're short track racing. Get with it. Get over it. Congratulations to Martin Truex. Toyota's starting off the lead this year, getting a big win at the Coliseum, banging, a lot of pushing and shoving. Kyle Busch, Austin, Dillon in uh, second, third place. Kyle and his new ride, guys. Uh, three chive. Austin kicking it off with his new mustache. Shave, Austin. You'll never be that guy. Look, guys, the way we're going to roll today, we got a fella that's no stranger to the show. Hadn't seen him in a while. Looking forward to seeing him back at the track. Charlie Corral is calling in here in just a few minutes here at 9.05, and Charlie's going to get us up to speed. You know, the last few shows we've been talking about testing and getting down to the nitty-gritty guys. We're less than uh, a few few weeks away. The 18th of February, doubleheader with uh, Xfinity. The Arkham Menards and the Xfinity all in a doubleheader makes for a great Saturday at Daytona International Speedway. Get your tickets. Got a chance to win tickets here. So uh, we have a trivia contest, but you got to DM me and uh, get a little more information for what we're looking for, and the fun has already begun. So uh, today, Charlie Beyond, I think Kyle's got us a couple more shows set up for today, which will be played on Thursday night. And, uh, guys, I'm home back from the Rolex 24, trying to do a, get a, make a little racing money. It takes a little racing money to go up and down the road here. But hopefully we'll be all be back in the nice sunny weather. It looks like the weather's going to be pretty decent down there if you get the long forecast, 10-day. When do you count on the weather guy being correct, guys? And as soon as Charlie's leave, we're going to move on to the clash, guys. Uh, We've got a couple of interviews after the race to the media center with uh, Martin. And uh, we got Kyle calling in. Hey, good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Rowdy. Uh, Good to hear from you. I know we got Charlie coming on here shortly, but I uh, just be trying to make a trying to trying to make it work, Rowdy. Trying to call on here, so uh, we got we talk to Charlie here. Well, Kyle, February the eighteenth is D Day. We get it all cranked back up. It'll be race day at Daytona. Uh, 
I'll be down on the 15th. You got qualifying for the uh, Great American Race on Wednesday night then, or Thursday night, and then uh, truck race, well, Wednesday night, and then you got the duels, Kyle, on Thursday night. I don't know why I'm I'm, I'm calling this out wrong, because you know the duels are always on Thursday, whether they be day race or night race. Last year was a night race, and I liked them. And it was a – the duels was a uh, – Good weekend, good night for RFK, but the rest of the season was a struggle for him, Kyle. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, Speedweek's right around the corner. The Daytona ARCA 200, uh, Saturday, February 18th, live at 1.30 p.m. Eastern FS1. Uh, we got the clash the Coliseum in the books now, and then uh, we'll look forward to uh, the rest of the uh, the time there. Um but, uh, yeah, Rowdy, looking forward to uh, the upcoming weeks. Um, you know, looks like, you know, there's a change in my work schedule. So, looking like my nights are going to be more open now. So, I'm uh, really looking forward to that. I've seen that, Kyle. Uh, kind of nice to have something pinpointed down what, you, <laughs> what you're going to be working instead of uh, just a random call in. But, Kyle, look, man, we, we, we're back to 2023 racing season, and I – Guys, we got our first guest calling in, and I'd like to welcome him back for the 2023 series. Communications Director for Arkham Menard Series, Charlie Corral. Welcome, Charlie. Hey, Rowdy. What's happening? Thanks for having me on. Man, Charlie, 2023. I, I When I was young, I never looked no farther than 2015, and, well, we have passed that and going on and getting ready for the 18th where we're – the Arkham Menards lines up with a double header down in uh, Daytona. I think, Charlie, this has evolved from Speed Weeks to Speed Week has really been good. Yeah, I mean, we we have seen uh, the the change in the schedule down there in Daytona. It used to be that, you know, Arca was, was down there for almost an entire week, the week before the Daytona 500, and now we've, we've really condensed things. You know, there's not a lot of – not as much practice. You know, we – with with all the the springs and the shocks and such that we that are mandated, there's you know there's really not a lot of uh, of need to go down there and, and test different setups, you know. And uh, why not shorten things up? And and then the move, of course, to to share Saturday, the day before the Daytona 500 with the NASCAR Xfinity Series, I think really just elevates our level of exposure. And, uh, it, and it's been great. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think last year was, you know, a, was a ton of fun. And, uh, and I, think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun down there this year as well. We've got uh, a great preliminary entry list coming together. And, um, you know, I think you'll see that next week. And um, it, it, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's just a, a lot of real positive energy headed into this season. So, testing, you had two ladies coming out on top of the charts with Venerini Motorsports. Charlie, I like we've got a, several women involved in ARCA now. That's, I like that. That's really evolved into something great here. Yeah, I'm, not only am I a big fan of, of the two women in particular, um, it, it, yeah, I'm a big fan of of women in motorsports in general, you know, to see the the hard work that, that Tony Breidinger and, and Amber Balkin have done here just to get where they're at, you know, and then of course we've got, you know, Mandy Chick and, you know, in years past we've had, you know, Leilani Mutter and, and Natalie Decker and Aaron Crocker Evernham and Patty Simcoe Shack, you know, it's just, I can just go on and on and on. And, you know, we've had so many really competitive female drivers over the years. And, and I love the fact that, you know, ARCA is the place where, you know, we do see this this tremendous diversity. You know, of course, you know, last year we had uh, a, a Latino, a Mexican-American, or excuse me, a Cuban-American driver, you know, win the race or win the championship in um, in Nick Sanchez. And, and I think that's just fantastic, you know. And, and, of course, we had Raja Carruth, an African-American driver, black driver, who uh, was competitive all season as well. And, and I think we'll see more of that here in 2023. Um, you know, Rev Racing has announced the, the schedule for Andres Perez-Delara. 
Um, you know, LeVar Scott will be racing the, the full Arkham Menards East schedule. Um, you know, it's just the, it, the door is wide open for everybody to come and race here in the Arkham Menards series, and I just love it. You know, Charlie, somebody from old school that hasn't paid attention to Arca in a few few years, if they tune into Sunday's race, uh, the doubleheader, they're going to see an Arca car that looks pretty much like Xfinity and Cup. Yeah, cars look uh, almost identical to what you see, you know, racing in the other series, and and I think that's what's you know that that's what's great. And not only do you see that at Daytona, but you see it at Toledo and Elko and. Springfield, DeCoin, Berlin, you know, that's the chance for, you know, some of these race fans who don't get a chance to see these cars, you know, anywhere else. That's your chance to come and see, you know, national big-time stock car racing, you know, right at your home home racetrack. And the cars look almost identical to what you see on TV every weekend. You know, Charlie, over 10 years of covering the Arkham Menard series, usually when you land a sponsor – a sponsor is pretty much a lifelong friend to the Arkham Menard series. You take the uh, Shore Lunch, they moved. Uh, they're still going to sponsor Toledo again for the championship race, which I think is absolutely great place to finish the season off. Yeah, the Shore Lunch in particular has been a great partner of the Arkham Menard series for the last uh, half dozen years or so, um, and probably even longer than that. You know, and you talk about these these long partnerships that we have and, and, and none of these would be possible without that relationship we have with Menards, you know, that dates all the way back to 2009. Um, they've been our, our entitlement sponsor, you know, since 2018 and just phenomenal partners. You know, they, they are there. Anybody who knows John Menard knows he's, he's a race fan. He's a racer. He's a race fan. Um, he loves, he loves the sport and, and he loves, he loves two things. He loves the sport. He loves, and that's the great thing about um, our, our partnership with Menards is is we really do um, enhance both of those for him. You know, it, it's a great business relationship um, that that he gets. To, you know, and, and his company get to to have some very successful you know relationships with these vendors, and it's a great racing relationship. And that's uh, all, to me. I think that's just as important to him is the fact that it's, it's a great racing partnership. And, um, you know, it's, they're, they're such great people to work with. You know, they, they speak our language, you know, we're, we're racers here, you know, we're, we're not, sadly, (laughs) you know, we're not business people, we're racing people, Uh, but they speak our language. They do uh, on every level, you know, they, they get it, they get the sport and, and, you know, that's why you see them with such long-term relationships everywhere in this industry is, is really because, you know, they're racers to the core and they're great to work with. And, uh, yeah, man, we're excited. Another another great season ahead for the Arkham and Art Series all uh, all across the platform. And, you know, it, it's just great to feel that energy, you know, from, from everybody, including our, our partners. Hi, Charlie. Got Kyle here. Uh, first of all, thanks again for coming on the Rowdy Maglite Show. Um, first question for you is, can you please talk a little bit about the history of the Arkham Menard Series at Daytona? It's always been a staple on the schedule. And, you know, it's going to be the Daytona Arca 200 here in, uh, in just less than two weeks. Yeah, man. So we've got uh, our 60th visit coming up to Daytona International Speedway. 60 races on, on, the, uh, on the high banks there, which is – Really incredible, you know, when you think about the longevity of this series and the longevity of that relationship uh, that we have had with the France family on, on numerous different levels. Um, you know, it started all the way back in 1964. And, you know, Kyle, back then we actually ran qualifying races for uh, the Arkham Menard series. <laughs> you know, can, can you believe that? Um, you know, the first first couple of years we went down there, we ran qualifying races and um, you know, it's been since, uh, I believe, 1967 that we haven't. You know, we've just set the field through through regular qualifying and, and time trials. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those racetracks that we have we have a, a, a long and detailed history. And, you know, look at some of the winners in the past there. You know, Nelson Stacy uh, won the first race there back in 1960. And, of course, Nelson at one time was the all-time series leading winner. Um you know, he he was that prolific back in the day. Um, you know, Jack Bowser, Iggy Katona, 
uh, Ron Hutcherson, Benny Parsons, um, you know, and then you get into some of the more modern, you know, names, you know, Lenny Pond and, and Jim Sauter, Kyle Petty, uh, Tim Richmond, you know, Joe Rutman is, is a, a ARCA winner down there in Daytona. And then you move into, you know, much more recent times and, and the dominance that, you know, Bobby Gerhart had down there. And Andy Hillenberg is a two-time winner. And, um, you know, the late John West Townley, you know, he was very maligned as, as a race car driver over the years. But for whatever reason, JWT figured out Daytona, and he was able to pick up a couple of wins down there. And, and then most recently, you know, you have the, have the dominance of the Venerini Motorsports team. They've won the last five races down there. Uh, and, and when you add the road course race that we ran uh, back in 2020, they've won the last six races at Daytona. So, yeah, it's uh, – it's one of those racetracks, Kyle, that we have a lot of history, and and I, it's almost impossible for me to go over it in just you know two or three minutes. But you know, it it, it is. They don't call it the World Center of Racing for nothing, you know, and and it's it's really humbling for us to be a part of it each and every year, and and we don't take it for granted, and uh, and we very much are, are looking forward to getting back there this year. So my next question for is uh, for you is you've you've had some time to look at testing. Um, you know who who are you pitting as your early favorite for the for the race? That's a good question, Kyle, and it's almost impossible to pick a favorite. You know, just based on on the the pre-race practice times, um, because anything can and, and will happen in that race to kind of shake things out. You know, the it's it's eighty laps. That's 80 opportunities for for something bad to happen on the racetrack. And when I, you you know what I mean when I say something bad. I just mean you know getting shook out of the draft or you know having a, a an ill-timed flat tire or you know even getting caught up in in an incident you know out on the racetrack. You know there's there's 80 opportunities for for that to happen. And and unfortunately for some people that will happen. Um, you know will it be you know one of the fast cars that we've you know, have our eye on here in, in, you know, in the pre-race practice and we expect to, to qualify well and, and run up front, it very well could be. I mean, look at what happened with the 18 car there last year. You know, Drew Dollar had a, a really strong race car and, and ended up in the fence, you know. So um, I, I think ask me that question with about 10 laps to go and I'll have a, a much more confident pick. Um, again, I think the Venerini cars are going to be tough to beat. You know, Jesse Love in the 20 is is probably one of the prohibitive favorites, you know, to compete for the championship this year, so we'll keep an eye on him. Um, but you can't take your eyes off of that 18 car. Um, you know, I think Greg Van Alst is going to be strong in the 35. You know, the, the two females there at Venerini Motorsports, Amber and, and Tony, they, they accounted themselves very, very well in that pre-race practice session. You know, they've got really good, strong race cars. Gus Dean, uh, former Talladega winner, is, is going to be very strong. You know, and then but you've got, uh, you know, some of these other drivers. You know, how how is Frankie Muniz going to be? You know, he's we, we've been talking about him for a long time. <laughs> you know, all off season we've been talking about how, you know, Frankie is going to do. And, and we're going to find out. And, and I think he's – I actually think he's going to be okay. Um, Tim Richmond had a great run there last year. Um, in, in only a, a, a slight miscalculation on fuel kept him away from a, a top three finish. You know, that would have been amazing to see. And, and you know, can he back that up? Um, you know, then you've got some, you know, other other drivers like uh, in, in Andy Jankowiak. You know, what, what's how's Andy going to do down there? Or, or even a, a Mandy Chick. You know, Mandy's making her Daytona debut, and I know she's got a lot of excitement uh, and a lot of expectations there on her end of things. And, you know, then guys like a Sean Corey, you know, Sean, people don't realize, you know, back a couple of years ago, Sean led the most laps down there at Daytona. So, you know, he knows how to get around that place. He's had some really good finishes down there in the past, and, and they come with a really good race car. Um, I do. I, I think they're going to have a, a, a real good competitive run. And, um, I, I mean, heck, even Andy Hillenberg's guys are, are coming – you know, with really good race cars and, and a lot of really good people working. Todd Parrott is the crew chief uh, on Zach Heron's number 12 car. You know, you know, Todd's a, a former Daytona 500 winner down there. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see how that comes together, but it, it really could, it could be anybody Kyle. And that's what's great about going down to Daytona. 
So my next question for you is um, the entry list isn't out yet, but, um, you know, from your, from your viewpoint, how many cars do you think you're going to expect for the race here in a few weeks? Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to be right on target for where we were last year, if not a little higher. Um, you know, I don't want to start talking about, you know, getting into that magical 40 range, but, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if everybody files an entry who we think is going to file an entry, we should be, you know, right around 40 cars. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out here over the next week or so. And, uh, you know, should be a, should be a very, uh, very competitive entry top to bottom. That's for sure. So my last question for you is, um, the weekend schedule is out already. Um, will ARCA be qualifying in groups again, or is single car qualifying going to be coming back at all? Yeah, we'll do the group qualifying you know, here at Daytona, which which we've used to great success uh, since we've implemented this. You know, we give these these limited groups of of you know five to six cars, you know, five minutes out on the racetrack. That's about three laps at speed. Um, you know, I, I I don't want to jinx it, so I'm knocking on every wood surface that I have here in the office. But you know, we we've done this with, with without any on track incident. You know, occasionally we get the situation where you know we we get three or four cars that are that aren't you know as fast as as the fifth car in that group, and then you know you start to hear the complaints. Uh, you know, from that fast driver that he, he got the bad draw, but, you know, it's a random draw and, you know, anybody could get, you know, chosen to line up with anybody else. And, and sometimes that's just how it works. But um, yeah, we, we really do uh, like the way that this group session works. It's, it seems like it's pretty fair for everybody, um, you know, and, and the other reality of it is it's at Daytona, it's just a place to start, you know, it's, if if you know how to work the draft and you've got a good race car, even if you start back in the field, you know, you're going to be up to the front of the field um, with, with some good race craft and some, some good, you know, drafting partners, you'll be up to the front in no time. So yeah, that's how we're going to do it. And uh, I believe we qualify it. We, we practice on Thursday, qualify on Friday, race on Saturday. Man, looking forward to it, Charlie. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the sponsors of the of the series just a just a second and where they can keep up with the season all year long charlie well you can of course follow us on uh, twitter at arca underscore racing each and every one of our races uh we have uh you know live timing and scoring throughout practice qualifying and the race um you can follow us uh, of course on fs1 and fs2 all season long for the for the main arca menard series uh, Arkham Menards East and West live on Flow, and then uh, I believe you'll see those one-hour delayed broadcasts transition over to CNBC this year rather than USA Network. So uh, check your local listings for those. And uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of races coming up this year, man. Thirty-five races on this Arkham Menards Series platform here in 2023. So I'm going to be a busy guy. Charlie, looking forward to seeing you. Tell everybody back home we said hello, and thanks again for giving us a few minutes of your time this morning. You got it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Charlie. You got it, guys. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. Okay, we are now joined by the second and third place finishers of today's Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum, and that is Austin Dillon and Kyle Bush. Um, if you have any questions uh, for either, either of these gentlemen, please raise your hand. We'll get your mic. We'll go straight to questions. We'll start here up front with uh, John. John com. So two years in a row, you both have been up here, second and third place finishers. I mean, this year you swapped. Why is it that you guys are doing so well at this track? Because I know, Kyle, you've talked about just stacking momentum all weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know what it is, but, um, you know, you just, sometimes drivers will take to places, but, uh, you know, this place here being a short track, me growing up short track racing with some of the late models and stuff that I've done, I've been to a lot of places like this, um, you know, Legends Cars as well, too, over the years, but uh, I'm sure many of those guys out there have as well, uh, whether it been dirt, whether it been pavement. But um, I don't know, yeah, I mean, having good stuff obviously helps last year. Being in the uh, JGR stuff, we were really fast. Our teammates were terrible this year. Now our teammates are good. We got beat, or the JGR cars were good. We got beat by one of them. But, um, you know, Austin and I worked hard today on, A, working together, but, B, all the information to uh, to put ourselves in the best possible spot. So, um, you know, good collaboration between the RCR bunch. Yeah, I'll just echo what Kyle said. I mean, um, it was really fun. Uh, the, the Our car was really good. Um, it really kind of turned on that last practice. We we figured out that our car was pretty good in the long run. Um, we're able to qualify decent, which is good good for us. I'm not a great qualifier usually at the short tracks. And felt like if we could just maintain, we'd be uh, have a shot. Um, Kyle helped me there at the end. He knew we had a fast car, so let me try and get uh, a shot at Martin. And that was nice. And so hopefully I can pay back the favor. We go to Daytona and uh, work together well, and it's uh, it's a great start for for all of us. But uh, as far as the track question and being up here, I'll give a shout out to all my Bowman Gray boys back in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Um, you know, I grew up going there and watching that place, and this is about as close as it gets to Bowman Gray Stadium. We'll go, Jeff Jordan, and then we'll take one from upstairs. You know, how'd you get back up through the field when you were like totally spun out and in the back? I passed them, Jeff. No, not everybody could do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just, um, I mean, we had, I felt like in the first 50 laps of the race, we had probably a third place car, and then we kind of tapered off after the long run a little bit there uh, in the first half, and we worked on the car. We made it better in the second half, but never really had an opportunity to show it, uh, getting dumped by the 22. So then we had to turn around and just try to work through traffic. Uh, a lot of guys were getting bottled up on the bottom I'd go high go around a few of them then they'd start blocking high because they'd see that so I would cross over and get underneath them and move them back up the track in order to get you know where I wanted to run where my car was best so just um yeah I mean some of the guys in front of me some cautions obviously there was some more there towards the end guys spinning uh, a lot of guys more contact as the end of the race happened and you know not just one would wash out like two or three would get washed out so you could pick off a couple at a time the other thing I wanted to ask both of you is, so like in a race like this where the whole field is getting physical, like everybody's bumping everybody, is there different standards of like what would make somebody super mad or like carry over a feud to the next race? Like, you know, if everybody's doing it, is it more acceptable or are people still going to have those same memories that they would if it was just any other race? I mean, I think everybody knows here that there's going to be contact. Um, I mean, I the first... 30 laps was my head was against the headrest probably every lap i mean it was just bang bang i mean back and forth every corner i couldn't believe how aggressive it was the first like run there was nothing but just hammer each other and hope to come out the other side i got hit one time uh, at the end i was telling kyle when we got back in line i mean it knocked the wheel out of my hands couldn't believe it uh and just kind of picked up the gas and then caught it back but you're, you're, I mean, you're taking some pretty good blows out there and trying to stay calm. Uh, like Martin got mad at me one time, and it was the 24 driving through me. The hard part is knowing if it's the guy behind you or if it's the guy two behind you or even three. So, um, you know, you got to have a short memory about it. You know, uh, obviously Bubba knocked me through the corner. I was going to hit him back. Didn't mean to turn him like that. But, um, you know, when it gets down to the end of that, I think everybody knows what's going on. And it's what you see at places like this and Bowman Gray Stadium. <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Logano didn't get hit by nobody. He just flat out drove through me. So uh, he's got another one coming. I owe him a few. Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, for both of you, uh, last year it seemed to be an unqualified this, – this race was widely praised and it seemed like it was an overall success. I'm wondering this year what your impressions are. Is it, do you feel like the same level of, I don't know, happiness or you know excitement coming out of here as last year or different thoughts? Um, I mean, last year's show I felt like was relatively clean and, and good racing, some bumping, some banging, but we could run long stretches of green flag action where today was, I would call it a, a disaster with just the the disrespect from everybody of just driving through each other and, and not, you know, just letting everything kind of work its way out. But, I mean, it's a quarter mile. It's, it's tight quarters racing, actually. This is probably how it should have gone last year, so we got spoiled with a good show the first year. 
Um, so, you know, maybe this was just normal. Yeah, and everybody's gotten a little better since last year, so the parity wasn't really – it was close. It was close. There's a lot of fast guys, and then the, the little bit, if you are faster than someone, you, you kind of have to bump them. You know what I mean? Because they can kind of check up on the exit of the corner and stop you. So it's if you get that run and you're there, you kind of have to use it or be used. Would you guys like to see it come back here for year three? I don't care. I'll be here wherever we got to go. I think we both would like to be in uh, the, the one position. And that's that's what I've learned from Kyle in a short period of time. We got to win, so that's that's the main goal. We were damn close to starting it off right out of the gate. So next week, we'll go upstairs for a question. Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires that net. That's kind of along those lines. The expectation you guys have for going forward. Can you gauge uh, what it could be like from this race and how you guys are going to work together as teammates? Because kind of the storyline tonight would be you guys running second, third. Yeah, I mean, it's it could definitely be a story of that where you know we've been working well together this whole this whole weekend off the track, on the track, and. Having the opportunity of being able to uh, take care of one another on a couple of those restarts, you know, the three would uh, be easy off the corner and give me give me a gap to be able to get down and, and some other stuff that we did too. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a good omen for uh, great teamwork and, and good sportsmanship from the two of us. So let's keep that rolling. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other good part is um, some of the things that we like in a race car, what I was excited about because I've watched Kyle's data over the years and some of the stuff that – the way he approaches uh, the setup of a car and things, I think we're actually pretty close. Like our delta will be close, so that's nice to be able to hopefully work off of that. And we're only going to be able to build off of that as we go and, and find those places that, um, you know, when we have a good run, where do I need to be setup-wise compared to him to, to echo that? Come back down here to Michael. Front row. Michael Massey, front stretch. Uh, Kyle... This was your first race having Richard Childress, uh, you know, in your ear when a, when an incident happens. Uh, he's not the owner that's going to talk you down. He's just as fired up as you are probably. Uh, what, what was that like inside the car? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's cool. Um, you know, it's a uh, – Rick would get on the radio just a little tiny bit when I was at Hendrick, and then Joe, he, he never got on the radio. I think they disconnected his button. Um, <laughs> a long time ago, they did that. But, uh, yeah, Richard, he, I know he's prone to key up a little bit here now and again. So uh, that was fine, you know. And he come on the radio and he goes, he just flat out drove through you. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do about it? I mean, uh, well, he tells me that. trust me, I started behind him a couple times on restarts, and I never really got a, a great chance. I probably could have, but it was more important to uh, – go forward than retaliate. So I don't think there's a lot of others that thought that way. Look at where they finished. Uh, and then, Austin, uh, did you and Bubba get a chance to talk before you came in here? Or is it... No, uh-uh. Uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, you know, hate it for him because he was really good. We were a little better uh, on the long run, and I got by him pretty clean the first time. And I chose the restart there behind Martin, thinking that if we could get off two and then I could just race – but it just doesn't go that way. I mean, you're just getting beat and beat. And then uh, when we went through one and two, I mean, I got crossed up. I thought I was going to wreck into the inside wall when I got hit. And then I, my spotters tell me, release the brake, release the brake, and got shoved all the way to the third lane outside. So after that, he said three wide, I think, one time, two wide. And then, I, I mean, yeah, I was probably pretty frustrated at that point. Take one more from upstairs. Hey, guys, Dennis Fryer, AP. Um, Bubba got hit in the back of the car early in the race, and he complained over his radio. He said, hey, NASCAR, it still hurts with some expletives. I'm wondering if you guys took any hits in the back and what it felt like, if it felt any better, worse, different, anything. Um, I mean, truthfully, it didn't really feel much different um, at that speed and just the bumper car action that you get through the middle of the corner. I mean, yeah, like Austin said, you know, when you get hit a few times, your head's getting jammed in the back of the headrest, and you know you're getting the the whiplash effect. But um, you know what what the damage to the cars looks like front and rear at underneath. You have you have no idea, but it's still a brunt uh, of a hit. But if we had the cold, old cars that we used to have, nobody'd have a radiator left. <laughs> I think half the field would be parked in the infield. Might not be a bad thought, but 
um, <laughs> get some of those squirrels out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a necessary evil, um, you know, to the to the fronts uh, for as hard of a shots as some of the guys were taking. You know, Bubba's bumper, you could see the damage that he had to it, so he might have been one of the ones that got hit the hardest. Yeah, I mean, it still doesn't feel good. I think the the positive part is, you know, NASCAR's showed us things that they're trying to do to 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 help that area of the car for the the low speed impacts, the lower speed impacts, and you know, we're making progress. That's the biggest thing. Any final questions for Austin or Kyle? I'll wrap it up here with Jeff. Just real quick, I just want to clarify. So you feel like the there were so many more cautions tonight because the field is more even this year, and so really the only way to get past someone is to just kind of move somebody out of the way. Is that, that that's the primary reason it looked like that? I would, primary. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, everybody's learned a lot from last year. I mean, it was such there was there was quite a bit of bad cars last year. The 19 was one of them. Yeah, the 19. Yeah, it's a great example. So last to first, and you know just. When the field's that tight and you have a little bit of advantage, the only way to do something is kind of you can try and cross them up, but then they can pinch you down the straightaway here, and then you'll lose whatever run you had. Awesome, Kyle. Congratulations on your medals. Great run. Appreciate your time. Okay, if you have a question for Alex Bowman, our fourth-place finisher, please raise your hand. We'll get you a mic. Start up here in the front with John. JohnNewBeHeavy.com. How did you avoid the chaos and the carnage? Um, yeah, I mean, I think those couple of good restarts from the outside, the beginning of the second half of the race when we had to restart every half a lap, that helped us. Um, I think we went from like eighth to second there pretty quickly. And um, obviously that was a big gain for us. And then just kind of got put back a little bit. I had one bad restart from the outside of the front row. And that hurt our finishing position, but uh, yeah, really good race car, and uh, those couple restarts kind of got us out of the the mess. And just following up, I mean, how was the first race with Blake? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it went pretty well. You know, um, I, we struggled here last year. I uh, didn't have a good weekend, and um, you know, I, I was nervous a little bit and didn't know what to expect, but. Uh, yesterday went really well. Uh, today went pretty well. So definitely, uh, when you come out of here with fourth, kind of bummed about it. It's uh, it's a good weekend. So um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole team's working really well together, and, and Blake's fit, fitting in really, really well. Go to here to Jordan in the back. What did you think of this year's event versus compared to last year in terms of kind of the overall scope of it? It's pretty cool to be in it this year instead of on the way to the airport, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great event. It's a great atmosphere. It's tough when it takes 45 minutes to make like six laps or whatever that was, right? That was pretty bad when we were just crashing and crashing and crashing. But I, fe I feel like last year's feature was a little bit cleaner than this year's for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a great event and um, cool to be part of it. What was the reason for the, the rash of cautions, from your opinion? I mean, last year you said it was, was cleaner, but this year there was an abundance of yellows. Yeah, um, you know, fortunately we were in front of it, so I, I don't know. Um, guys running over each other is probably the, the answer you're looking for, though. I just don't know who to tell you. Any more questions? We'll go to Jeff. Um, you know, at what point do you, is it, does it become obvious that, like, everybody's just going to run into each other for the entire night? Like, how, how early in the race does that become obvious to you? Uh, when they build a racetrack and a football field, right? That's what we're here to do. We're here to put on a show and be exciting. And, um, you know, maybe it got a little out of hand at times there with, with how rough it got. But, um, yeah, I mean, we all knew when we heard about this event whenever it was the first time that we were going to come here and people were going to run over each other. It's too easy. Um, you know, we were – it's funny, like, I, I don't know if guys are just okay with it or if that carries over in the rest of the season or if people forget about it or if that's situational. But, um, yeah, I tried to race super clean. I don't feel like we really used anybody up, and um, really nobody used us up. So um, glad uh, I don't have it. Uh, I'm, I don't feel like I'm on anybody's list, and I don't have a list leaving here. Any more questions for Alex? Anything upstairs? 
All right, Alex. Welcome, welcome Kyle Larson. Thanks, bud. Okay, we're now joined by Kyle Larson, uh, the fifth-place finisher tonight. Uh, we'll start with, right with questions, and we'll go to Luis. Luis, first, the podium finish. It seems like throughout the night you were trying to battle very hard to get to that top five, so how gratifying is it to leave L.A. just to getting that accomplished? Yeah, yeah, no, it it, it feels good to get to fifth. Um, I didn't really, like, work my way forward to fifth. It was just kind of battle of attrition, and... Um, I got to – I was just kind of stuck, which I'm sure a lot of people felt stuck. And I always wanted to choose the outside but on the restarts, but everybody kind of in the middle of the pack figured out that the outside was better at the same time. And, and then it just never worked out where I could choose the outside lane and um, just would get – just kind of got stuck in 10th for a while. And um, then, yeah, kind of just got slammed from behind forward. So um, – Never really passed but one or two cars and um, came from 14th to 5th. Compared to last year when the race was in the in the daytime, obviously this year is at night, do you feel like as a result of the conditions changing, it brought the intensity levels, or there's something else to that intensity? Was it more intense? I don't know. Oh, let me clarify. Compared to last, the conditions, was it more treacherous because it was night or not necessarily? Uh, I don't. I don't think it really made a difference. I mean, the track surface felt a little grippier than I thought it would be at nighttime. Um, and I don't know, there was just a lot more slamming around this time. And I think I was you know, telling my PR people on the way down, I think you know, last year was the first race with this car, and we didn't know how tough it, how tough they were at the time. So there was you know, not as much slamming. I think people didn't quite know how strong the noses and rear bumpers were. And this year it was just like, everybody just ran through the person in front of them. Um, you know, if, if you got a hole to get down, somebody to get down, and then the three or four cars behind would just shove them through the two in front of them. So um, a lot of accordion and uh, just difficult difficult on the restarts, especially where I was middle of the pack. We'll go upstairs for a question. Hey, Kyle, Jennifer, um, some of that slamming you were talking about, some of the other guys have said that um, the hits still feel the same as they did last year. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on any hits you took tonight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I didn't really – I only had, like, one moment last year that I remember where it was like, wow, like, that was a hard hit. Um, <clears throat> I think we stacked up on a restart like Sonoma or something, and this was like every restart you would – check up for the guy in front of you and just get clobbered from behind. Then your head just whipping around and slamming off the back of the seat. So <clears throat> I, uh, I don't have a headache, um, but I can, I can see how if others do, I, I mean, it's, it's no surprise because it was uh, very violent um, for the majority of the race. You know, we had so many restarts and um, like I said, every, every restart you're getting just clobbered and then you're clobbering the guy in front of you. So um, you feel it a lot. Up here to Michael. Michael Massey, French Stretch. Um, Kyle, I know you were critical of the wall riding when that happened, um, but is what was going on out there tonight, is that racing? Did, are you critical of that at all, or do you think that's good short track racing? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just a product of this track and this car. Um, I don't think you would see that style of racing – with a previous generation car, just because they're they wouldn't you know be as strong, you know you'd knock the radiators out um, racing like that. So I think the cars are just so stiff that yeah, I mean that's just kind of how it how it goes. Um, not saying it's right, but that's just the cars are built that way. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know how to answer it other than than that. Any other questions for Kyle? Once, twice, anything upstairs? Okay. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate the time. Okay. We'll start our winning team press conference, and we're now joined by the crew chief of the number 19 uh, winning team, and that's James Small. If you have a question for James, please raise your hand. We'll get your mic. Start in the back here to Jordan. 
Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, what's this offseason been like for you guys after last year? Well, you didn't have any wins. You guys had speed, but, again, no wins. Uh, yeah, we've just been, uh, like, super excited to get going. Like, the the team, it's hard to explain. Like, we, we never get down on ourselves, but everybody's just been super motivated to get back to the track, and we know what we're capable of, and, uh, you know, Martin's a different person right now, and he's... Uh, He's super motivated, and uh, we're all behind him. And just we knew we could do this, and we just need to hit it right. And uh, I think we learned a lot last year. On you know, we had races where we had a lot of speed, and things didn't go right. But we also had races where we made poor decisions. And I think we learn a lot. And you know, you saw when we get it right today is what we're capable of. You said Martin is different. How so? He's just super excited. I think he. You know, last year was, you know, a big disappointment for all of us. And uh, he knows we're better than that, and he's just ready to get going. And we all just want to prove everyone wrong. There's no points for this, and this is an exhibition. But is this a statement or anything like that? I guess. Uh, you know, especially the way we started last year here, we were a bag of dicks. And... Uh, to come back and, you know, turn it around like that, that gives us motivation for all the tracks we go to. And, uh, yeah. Anything else for your ride, James? Go to Zach, then come up here, John. Zach Sturdyola, NASCAR.com. James, uh, congrats on this. Um, how different, if at all, was the track this year compared to last year and just how much different did you have to set up the car just knowing what you learned throughout the, the entirety of the season last year well for us last year throw it out the window but uh you know looking at you know the good cars last year and and, and versus the way it was today is very different uh just going into the night you know it's way cooler um you know the track was a lot freer which is kind of what we thought would happen when it cooled down and just it never got into those long runs until, you know, maybe a little bit at the end there, but it was hard with all those refires, you know, and you, you set your car up in one way and it's the trouble with, you know, the next-gen car and, well, any car, but, you know, you you can work on your setup and have a philosophy, but depending on how the race unfolds, sometimes that might be completely wrong if it's all short run versus long run. And, uh, you know, thankfully at the end we got into a little bit more of a long run scenario, but... Uh, yeah, I think we just learnt a lot. You know, the whole field has learned a lot. You can see, you know, everybody's a lot closer and handling better. And, uh, yeah, it's one year, and I'm sure in another year we'll learn a lot more. Go to John and then Jeff. JohnNewBehavior.com. So following up on something that, you know, Jordan asked, with the way that last year unfolded with, there being constant, you know, late cautions that would disrupt strong runs and then lead to a different person taking the lead. How satisfying was it for you guys that you were able to just survive all of these constant restarts and still, you know, get to victory lane? Yeah, no, it was. You know, <laughs> it came across my mind there when the 34 brought the caution out at the end. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> this just seems like it's just the story of our life on the 19 car. And, uh, yeah, no, it... Uh, he did great. And, you know, we were battling a lot at the end with our brakes and uh, things like that. And, uh, you know, very very satisf satisfying to save, you know, all those restarts. And he, he did awesome. Go to Jeff. Is there room for this kind of racing, um, you know, for like an actual points race, not just an exhibition? Or is should track the small always be an exhibition? I think it should always be an exhibition. I'm not sure how, in the way our championship works and everything, I don't know how you could structure it to be fair to everybody to have that, you know, and how you're going to do competitive pit stops or how you can't even fit the whole field on here. And, yeah, I think it's better, in my opinion, whether that's right or wrong, it's probably wrong, uh, that it stays an exhibition race. Any more questions for James? Go to Michael. Michael Massey, Front Stretch. James, NASCAR used to have at one point um, an exhibition race like this in your home country. Uh, could you ever see 
like a venue or anything there where they could do that again or what do you think? That would be really cool, but uh you know, obviously the Thunderdomes are there. That is uh almost at a tear down point. They still run cars around it, but uh you know, I think the expense though would kill it. You know, it's hard to even get a an international, you know, music star to go out there. It's just so so expensive to get out there and uh as much as I'd love it, I don't think it'll ever happen in my day. Anything else for James before we go to Martin? Anything from upstairs? Okay, James, congratulations. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay, if you have a question for Martin, please raise your hand. We'll get you a mic. Uh, we'll start up front to John and then head to the back. John com. So I asked James this before he came in, but how satisfying was it for you that with all of those late cautions, you were still able to, you know, get the job done after last year and all those crazy situations that unfolded? Yeah, it was definitely satisfying. I mean, anytime you win, it's, you know, obviously satisfying. But I had some good guys around me, you know. Um, you know, Austin and Kyle raced clean and, you know, for the most part, um, <clears throat> I've never had really any big issues with those guys. So, I mean, it's... You come to a track like this, it's pretty easy to just blow the corner and knock the guy out of the way in front of you, um, you know, no matter. It's just easy to do. So uh, thankful they didn't do that. They gave me a lap to get going, and obviously, you know, we were fast enough to drive away from them. We'll go to, to the back to Jeff, then Jordan, and Zach. Um, over the years, you know, you and Kyle might have gotten along the best or raced each other the best of all the JGR teammates like you guys seem to get it with each other and I was kind of like on that restart I was kind of like "Ooh, are, are things going to change now uh, did that go through your head at all like were you worried that he would race you any differently now that you're not on the same team no I never thought about it once um, you know we had a really good race in our heat race today and uh, we talked about it after and it was like you know hey that was pretty fun you know we put on a little bit of a show for for a heat race you know run side by side for the lead and swap it back and forth uh, two or three times so you know, we we've raced together for a long time. We we understand the sport. We've got I've got a ton of respect for Kyle, obviously, and I feel like he's one of the guys that gives it back to me. And um, you know, it goes all the way back to '04 when we ran for a championship against each other, and we probably didn't get along very well then, or <laughs> we we didn't cut each other many breaks back then. But I think we've all you know grown up around the sport and raced together a lot, and understand that you know. Uh, we're going to be racing together a lot, and it's it's a lot easier to do things the right way and have that respect. Jordan, Jordan Bianchi, the Athletic. Your crew chief, Martin, or James Small, said that you you're different this off season. I'm wondering if you you are different, and if so, how? Mad. Because of last year. Yeah. Which leads just to... uh, you know just determined, and you know I mean um, just have a lot of lot of fire in my in my belly to to go out and and change what we did last year. Um, you know, we had a, if you look at all the statistics, you know, we had a decent year. Um, we were consistent. We scored a lot of points. Uh, we struggled on short tracks and road courses, which ultimately is what kept us out of the playoffs. But just so many times that we felt like we were doing the right things and probably should have won a couple races and, and they got away from us. That was very, very frustrating. Um, you know, knowing that we were you know, doing everything we needed to do to win, um, it sucked. So just wanting to go, just wanting to go out and, and, you know, show them what we can do. We've been very fired up this offseason, working very hard, all of us. And, uh, you know, it's just nice when it all works out and, and you can come to the track and things go the way you, you hope they will. And uh, hopefully we can do a lot more of that. You know, we've got a lot going on good in our, in our camp uh, at Toyota. I got a great team. I knew they were great last year, and, um, you know, we'll just see see how far we can go. But I feel really good about things. So fired up and uh, excited. And this is a – it's just a good feeling to be able to win a race. And, you know, even though it's not points or anything, it's just – it's good momentum. You kind of touched on it there, but <clears throat> is this a statement in some way? <clears throat> no, I just think for us it makes us – you know, it, it reminds us that, yeah, we're doing the right stuff and, and we can still go out and win any any given weekend. And, we felt that way last year, but it never happened. So you always get those questions, right? Like, you know, is you know, are we fooling ourselves or whatever? Um, you know, but uh, it's it's just always nice when you finish the deal. And racing's funny, you know. Like we did, we didn't really change anything. 
um, the way we do stuff, we just, you know, try to focus and buckle down and say, okay, well, these are the things we've got to look at and work on, and, and that's what we did. And, you know, we had a little fortune tonight. The 14 or uh, the 41 was really strong. He had some issues, and, you know, we've certainly been in that position a lot as well. So, um, you know, not sure how that would have worked out if he didn't have issues. He was really strong. Uh, and then, like, you know, the restarts just worked our, our way, and, I was having tons of brake issues all night and throughout the second half of the race, so just lucky to be able to put it all together and, and hang on on those restarts for sure with the brake issues I was having. Go to Zach. <clears throat> Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. Um, Martin, kind of along those same lines, what can a win like this, despite it being an exhibition race, do as far as momentum to, to carry into Daytona and, and to, the, to start this season on the right foot? It's huge. I mean, it's, it's a huge confidence booster. You know, it just reminds you that you're doing the right stuff. And, you know, honestly, we were probably the worst car here last year, literally, besides maybe the guys that didn't have charters. I mean, we were just god-awful. And we barely made the race, rode around in the back, and, you know, I spun out by myself on the last lap. It was so bad, you know, trying to pass one car. And, uh, you know, to come back here this year and be first in practice. And, you know, I was really, honestly, really nervous Last night I went to bed thinking today was going to suck. It was going to be a long day because it's going to be hard to pass, and we were starting sixth in our heat um, on the outside. They only take five. It's like, well, if you finish fifth, you're still going to suck in the race because you're going to start 20th, you know. So to be able to drive up through the through the field in the heat and win that was just huge. It was a huge confidence builder, and, uh, you know, I knew that after that, if we could just be smart tonight and stay up front all night, we'd have a shot at it. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's a it's a big deal. You know, any of these races are hard to win. All of them are hard to win. Doesn't matter if there's points or not. So we're uh, we're proud of this one. It's a big deal. Go right here. Uh, Alan Basiahi, Eagle Broadcasting Net 25. At or about um, 24 laps left to go is when you took uh, took the lead, and despite a lot of restarts, really fought off the pack. Can you take us through what you're going through mentally and emotionally when you dropped the hammer, and also now that you, you won this tight quarter mile track? Do you feel more confident driving through L.A. traffic? <laughs> L.A. traffic's no problem. It's just like Jersey traffic, you know. Um, but I hate traffic. I hate all of it. If I see it, I'm like, ah, sucks. I just want to <laughs> hide, pull off the road, but drive through them. But, uh, you know, on the restarts at the end, it's like it's, it's frustrating when you got a big lead and then, you know, like the 34 was trying to get off. He rode around like it. 10 miles an hour for three or four laps. He should have just got off the damn track. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, he wasn't going to finish the race, so why was he just riding around? So that was frustrating. Uh, and then the other stuff, you know, it's just, you know, guys getting into each other on a tiny little track and getting spun out and things. So, you know, the restarts, you're just trying to get a good jump and then and then not screw it up. You know, like I said I, earlier, I was having lots of brake issues. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what was going on. Our rear brakes were got too hot or we did something and we lost all the rear braking and I started locking up front tires getting in the corner and I just kept putting more rear brake in and I was about to be out of adjustment I've never ever in my whole entire career put that many rounds of rear brake in a car um, so I was a little nervous about that and I was kind of locking up all four tires getting in the corner and just trying to make the corner so it was a little sketchy at the end but everybody was out of tires and we had had so many restarts and so much air in our tires that everybody just kind of was slipping and sliding so um, luckily I was just able to get a good enough jump and get cleared and, and then, uh, just try not to, just try not to give it away and totally miss a corner. All right, folks. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks to Charlie Corral for, uh, being part of the show today. Uh, I'll be down in Daytona for the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th speed week. Join me. Tune in. Follow. Subscribe to that YouTube page, folks. It's all possible when you subscribe to the YouTube page. Make a little money off of it. Buys gasoline. That's it. Just pay for gas. NASCAR takes care of some. We're all good. Just subscribe to that page. Got ticket giveaway on Daytona 500 weekend. Sunday's uh, kind of a iffy thing. Got plenty of truck. Xfinity, Arca, and the duels.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.